welcome back to the Some Sort of Miracle podcast. I'm Ed, and I'm joined today by Claire, Hello. Nick, Hiya. Paul, Hi. and Sophie. Hello. And today we are carrying on with our Advent series, looking at the topics of, now watch me forget these words again, hope, love, joy, and peace. And that may even be in the right order, which would be the first time. So there we go. We're going well. Um, and yeah, today we're talking about joy, um, which we're all very excited about, all very um, yeah, happy to jump into. And I think it's one of those uh, words that we hear thrown around a lot, and often we, we hear it used as a synonym for happiness and other, um, and other sorts of emotions. But actually, it'll be interesting to just ask that question of where do we see joy in and through the Christmas story, and where do we see it, um, and what's its role in our day-to-day life. So we're going to start with the super broad opening question that is, what is joy? How would you define it? How would, what's its limitations? And I guess, how, do they, that di- how does that differ from other emotions that we might talk about? This is where I come in, right, with my Google definitions. I was just about to say, can we call upon Captain Google? Um, I have Googled the definitions just now. Hey. Um, so there are, I've got a Christian definition and a, a standard definition. So the standard definition is a feeling of great pleasure and happiness. Um, and the Christian definition is um, having joy includes feeling good cheer and vibrant happiness. Joy in its fuller spiritual meaning of expressing God's goodness involves more. It is a deep-rooted, inspired happiness. Okay. Where's that? What's the source of that one, Paul? Um, Google. <laughs> the internet. Other search engines are available. <laughs> it's not particularly important. I just thought it'd be interesting. So my understanding of what is joy is based on the Pixar film Inside Out. Nice. And Because in that film, there's a girl, Riley, and there's the different emotions. I think we've got you know, sadness, joy, anger, fear, and disgust. And I know in the film that the other emotions try to be joy and just can't just can't do it. And it talks about in the film a little bit about what happens when you lose that joy and other things take control, but how you can be in different situations and find that joy. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting then when we talk about joy as being something separate to our context or separate to what's going on around us. So that must mean that it's kind of rooted in something beyond just the immediate and just that that which is happening there and then. Um, is that kind of a, a distinction of specifically the word joy, I guess, then, as opposed to other things like happiness? I know we're going to delve into those differences later on, but I just wonder whether... Is, is that the distinction that we talk about with joy, do you think? I think so. For for me, it's a it's a happiness rooted in something else. In our case, and in a Christmas context, would be in God or Jesus. It tends to come with with hope attached, doesn't it, Joy? It, mm. If happiness, I guess, is a little bit more. It feels a little bit more fleeting, but but yes, it seems to have that additional. X, whatever, whatever you want to choose, term that, um, whatever is helpful. But yeah, as I think, and it, yeah, it's a, it has a different source essentially. For, for me, I, I was trying to think, trying to categorize this and, and sort of square it off in my own mind. Um, 
and the best I could come up with without any external influence was that it's a happiness that connects to our soul. So yeah, so it's happiness that connects to uh, to a deep inside us rather than it just being an external or a surface level happiness. Um, that was kind of the best that I could come up with really. Um, well, for me, joy, I think just a bit like you've, the rest of you have said, it's that that deep rooted um, kind of fa- deep rooted feeling that's based in something else, something that's not um, the everyday kind of fleeting emotions based on um, whatever we encounter, whoever we encounter that day. It's a bit like Nick said, rooted in something else, something greater than that of of our ordinary, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's it's really helpful that kind of just given a bit of a frame there of where we're coming uh, to this conversation from and what's what sort of thing we're talking about when we talk about joy, um, because it is one of those broad terms that you hear used in lots of different contexts. And, you know, the joy of giving is often a phrase used at Christmas or the joy of this and the joy of that. But those are uses that are quite contextual. They are joy because of a certain thing that you are doing or a certain state of of existence that we are in a moment so i guess here we're talking about something that's a bit more lasting and a bit more deep-seated um so yeah i think it's it's very interesting and i hope we'll dive into that a little bit further as this podcast goes on but we have got our first question to dive into and i think that will be paul uh hopefully we will unpack the joy um conversation a little bit with this one uh, my question is can we be joyful and unhappy at the same time that kind of reflects back to what we've just been talking about yeah this really delves into what is that difference between happiness and joy and yeah i guess it's something i say in terms of about circumstances and say for example we go out during the day and we can wake up feeling unhappy and we go home and we get given cake and we become happy but actually we can still the the joy is irrelevant of whether we get what we want or whether we things that the natural things that make us happy are great i know in in scripture it says uh, jesus says be joyful when you're persecuted and it talks about how when bad things happen rejoice and that's something very unnatural about it because when bad things happen we naturally are unhappy and that's okay that's a natural human emotion it's how do we hold on to that that joy the circumstances despite the circumstances and when we are unhappy and holding those two things in intention sometimes so would you say that you can be joyful and unhappy at the same time i like to think it's possible whether i can personally be joyful and unhappy at the same time is a different question that uh, that verse was one that i i looked at as well claire when i was just having a, a quick look but for me, what he's what he's saying is be be joyful because if you are being persecuted, you're doing the right things, rather than be joyful because of the fact that you're being persecuted. Um, so I kind of came at a, a different angle altogether. So I, yeah, I'd, I'm not so sure. I and the whole like, choose choose joy thing, I, I've I've wrestled with quite a bit. Um, particularly recently I was looking at when I was looking at this when we first decided we we're going to do these these topics I thought I haven't really got much to say about joy but I'd say this is the one I've written the most notes on so um but yeah I'd, I don't know I, if I if 
up if I can express what what I think I'm trying to say, and then you guys can see if you disagree or not. But I think that that whole choose joy thing can, I mean, it can be unhelpful, and and at worst it can be harmful if if you're in a position where I don't know psychologically or uh, or physically maybe something for depression or something like that saying choose joy to someone can be really really difficult for them to understand and to hear um so i th- i like the idea of it but for me what what that's saying is choose to try and be positive where you can i think that's different to joy i don't know if what you guys you guys think i've I've a feeling i might be out on my own on this one so that's fine i'm with you so to clarify just to make sure we've got sort of separate definition to make sure that i separate us all before we argue about this (laughs) um so you're saying that you can't you can or you can't be joyful at the same time as being unhappy um i don't know unhappiness in in itself as a you you can be unhappy and and then have an experience that makes you makes you where you experience joy and then go back to being unhappy again like i guess are you saying simultaneously or as two I'm, states i'm saying simultaneously i don't think be so. joyful and unhappy i don't think so not for me i think for me that raises larger questions of what we believe the outworkings of joy to look like but as someone who's experienced anxiety um and it's put me off work um at times and things like that it's that really does feel completely overwhelming. There's nothing in that instance that anybody can say or do to make it go away and to make it stop and to make that feeling end instantly. As lovely and wonderful as that would be. I think I think the difficulty comes when we see joy as the, um, I guess, personified, similarly to that in Inside Out, where you've got this, bubbly, uh, gleeful character who is smiley and um, upbeat and that is the outworking of joy in that instance. But does that mean that if you are joyful in, you know, joyful to be alive, joyful for the faithfulness and love of God and the blessing that Christ is, does that mean that if you're then not upbeat and cheery and gleeful about that that's not an outworking of joy I don't really know where I sit with it but I think you can be joyful at um the goodness of God and still be experiencing a very real and um persistent um depression anxiety or even physical health that is putting you under a particular circumstance that is you know someone then saying choose joy as a please be upbeat and positive and cheery and smiley and decide to disregard the way that you're feeling is, as Nick said, quite harmful because sometimes that there is just nothing in that particular moment that will make you cheery and upbeat. It is that complex thing, isn't it, in terms of recognising there's, there's the joy we talk about in scripture I think, so, and the way the world talks about joy, which isn't always the same. And then we talk about happiness and then we talk about positive thinking and then we recognise like mental health issues and how they all fit together and how we label them all. And it complicates the issue yeah. so much. And as Sophie was saying, how we, how we live that out. There are people who will come across as the, as the most joyful people and yet inside they're really struggling. And then other people who come across as the, mo- as the most miserable 
downhearted people, but actually there's something inside them which is that joy. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think yeah, I, I think that's where for me it's really important to be quite clear, quite clear on that because to say, I mean, there'd be people listening, I'm sure, that think, well, you know, choosing, you know, choosing that joy. All right, as I say, as a concept, it's a, it's, it's really nice. Um, but I think in in its practicalities, you can leave people wondering if, well, am I a bad Christian if I can't be joyful? If, you know, if I've found Jesus and, I've, and I, I understand or, or believe that this is that this is the best way to live my life, but yet I'm still not joyful. Is there something wrong with me then? And I think that's 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 been the downfall of of the church for quite some time. Is is kind of labeling people either you get it or you don't and or you're in or you're out um so i think yeah i and that, this is a new new understanding for me um particularly over the last few years of trying to get my head around the, some of these things as far as um how i experience things but also how other people experience things and the, the differences that are quite vast um in amongst that but then also trying to trying to think well how can I be helpful to other people in in a way that's you know that I can yeah express myself clearly but not sort of downplay how they're experiencing life um so I think this like this the whole topic of joy is like is a huge uh it's like it's really deep isn't it it's a really deep thing um to try and get your head around but also to try and discuss and, and it seems strange but when I've been trying to think about it more so than the hope and the love episodes that we've done this this felt like a deeper deeper thing to me yeah it's it's so complicated isn't it and yeah. it's it's yeah I've had my I've been scratching my head a little bit as well and I think the complication arises with that link with happiness in some senses and that link with our, our how we deal with emotion how we as humans and and all that mental health conversation as well and that is not a simple conversation and like you say the church has been guilty of um taking the easy answer and going with things like just choose joy just just buck up just you know turn that frown upside down and dismissing the conversation and that's really not helpful that really isn't helpful at all and there is a real danger that we're going to do that when we talk about joy as well and especially, you know, with joy being um, listed in the fruit of the spirit as well. And we talk about that as should be there should that evidence in your life of the spirit. And that can feel quite accusational, I guess, if you're not feeling joyful or if you are having a down day, you might extrapolate that to say, oh, you're not a good Christian or whatever. And that's that's really damaging. That's really damaging teaching and really dangerous. Yeah. Um, but I think when we like with all the modern advances in happiness, and how we experience that, it's it's quite interesting to see how that reflects on some of the biblical teaching as well. So there's there's a course called the Happiness Course that um, I know a lot of people have gone on, and it sounds like a ridiculous name, but it's um, it's written by uh, I think it's a Christian kind of psychologist, and it's not explicitly Christian teaching, but it's from that background, and they look at what it means, what happiness is, and how humans experience happiness and how we can be happy um, in, a, in our lives. And they found in their research that happiness was made up, like what determined our happiness was three main factors, genetics, our internal state of mind, and our circumstances. Yeah. And 
they they split those up into different percentages of um, of what affected us most. And I just be, I'd like to hear what your guess would be for the way they were arranged. So the three percentages I'll give you them are fifty percent, forty percent, and ten percent. And I'd, I'd be interested to see which way around you think that would be. So circumstances, internal state of minds, and genetics. Which would you would you put at fifty percent? Do you think? I think internal state of mind for for me, I guess uh, this is going to be different for everyone. I think, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I think well, where I was coming from when I asked the question was my feeling was that um, sort of to to be joyful or to have joy, however you want to look at it, um, it was like an underpinning, and then you could be unhappy some days and you could be happy some days, and but the overriding, the the you might you might be overridden with unhappiness, you might be overcome yeah. by unhappiness. But that joy is the underpinning. So, so for me, I would say that the um, I would go fifty percent the same as Nick um, for your state internal of state of mind, and probably ten for the genetics. Okay. Claire, have you got a guess? Yeah, I'd go with ten for the genetics, um, and maybe fifty for the like external circumstances. Okay. Yeah. So. I'm going to go out on a whim because. I always get these things wrong, and <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go the entirely opposite just for kicks and say that genetics make up fifty percent. Okay, so there's no prize for this, so sorry about that. But um, according to their research, and I, I I found an article on this just to kind of check that I got these numbers right before, and the article I found is disputing it. So, but it's quoted <laughs> what they've said. Um, so this is disputed. There are other think uh, other ideas, but according to this research that this person had done, fifty percent of our happiness is um is brought is brought on and decided by our genetics. Woohoo! Wow. Sorry, I shouldn't be unhappy about that, but I'm yeah. just pleased I got something <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, and that so they've split this into fifty percent of what decides our overall overall happiness as a human being is genetic. The other fifty and that is fifty percent which we cannot control. And then they've said fifty percent we can control, which is forty percent our internal state of mind and ten percent our circumstances. And I thought that was a really interesting study into how we experience happiness and. Not one that I find overly comfortable because I want to have as much control over <laughs> that subject as I as I possibly can. But um, that that leads me to think, you know, if that is the case, if we just accept this, and I'm sure that in this Zoom call we don't all accept that off the bat. But just to say, if we did, what then does that say about this biblical principle of joy? And joy and happiness then must be different because if we're saying that the Holy Spirit, one of the fruits, one of the evidences of us having an indwelling of the Holy Spirit is joy, that cannot then be pre-decided by our genetics. Um, otherwise, that is limiting what we see of the Holy Spirit in people by their very genetics. And that's really hard. So joy then must be a separate thing to happiness. And it must be something spiritual something that is not affected by our chemistry in our body but something that really deep resides within soul spirit whatever you like to call it that goes beyond and comes from god and i guess that's that's the distinction i'd like to make um but it is yeah like i said before all of this it's very very complicated i'm disappointed because we, we ended up agreeing don't we we fought before this i know we might yeah. disagree so. I know. <laughs> that's a shame <laughs> um yeah i think it fits really nicely with with um 
I've quite that's yeah, it kind of squared it off for me as well because when I was thinking about it, that, that when I came up with that, um, it, it connects with our soul. I think that's that's the very bit. I guess the other side to that coin is that you could argue that the Holy Spirit is um, capable enough to maybe alter those genetics. I guess yeah, <laughs> yeah. It is another another way of looking at it. Whether you subscribe to that or not is um, it's personal, I suppose, isn't it? But um, I, I think when I've when I've been reading up about this, and I'm really pleased, Paul, when you brought your definitions that you distinctly said, this is the dictionary definition, and then this is the Christian definition. I was like, well, why, why have we got two definitions for the same word? Like, surely the dictionary definition is the definition of it. And if it's not, it's something else. Um, but I think there is a nuance. I think there is a, a definite nuance that um, I guess when you write in a dictionary, you can't really be specific to different um, theological ideas but i think in um in our culture the words joy and rejoice are sort of used at the same time so i would say that when when we talk about being joyful in a non-christian sense if that's the right phrase to use it with um it's being happy and celebrating yeah um and i think that that's what the, the biblical definition sort of is is aiming at more, more along the lines of a celebration than a sort of inner joy that, that we're kind of talking about in a Christian sense. I was desperately trying to think of an analogy when when I was thinking about this. And the best one I came up with um, has come from Harry Potter. <laughs> so, yeah. Has anyone read, read and seen the films? Uh, if you haven't, apologies. But in, in that, there's um, the game of Quidditch, right? So they play on broomsticks and they have to try and hit the ball through the hoop or, or catch what was the golden snitch, which is if you catch that, you win the game. And for me, that joy is is the golden snitch. Like sometimes it can just land in your hand and you've got no, it just flies around indeterminately. And sometimes it just lands in your hand and that's really nice. And sometimes you can chase it and chase it and you can catch it. And sometimes you can chase it and chase it and you can't catch it. And sometimes you just can't see it at all. But it's still there somewhere, but you just can't really see it at that point. Um, and that for me was like, yeah, that's, that kind of ties it up in my head to, to think of uh, which I need children's books to try help me to explain things. But um, that was the easiest way I could think of it is that it's, it's kind of, it's floating around and it's, it's there, but sometimes it's really, it can be really hard to see. And sometimes it can be really easy to see. And sometimes it just hits you. Sometimes it just hits you square in the face. Um, I don't know. Yeah. What do you guys think about that? Is that helpful or not? Yeah, it's a good analogy. I wasn't quite sure where it was going at first. <laughs> <laughs> but I like it. I think it covers the right bases. And also in that game, there's people lobbing stuff at you as well, which is quite a nice analogy for life. Like sometimes it would be quite hard to be joyful when someone's launching massive things at you, trying to knock you off a broomstick. And not that that bit happens, but you know, you see what I'm saying. I think it's probably time that we moved on to our yeah, next that's probably question. <laughs> um, so I think our next question is Claire. So this question, I think we've touched on it a little bit anyway, in terms of thinking about the joy and, hap and happiness, but it's a question of, is joy a gift we are given or a choice that we make? Oh, yeah. So that does pick up a little bit on the conversation we, we've had, but I guess in a more specific way. It's interesting because this, so, sorry, this um, question was inspired by a quote from Henry Nowen, which kind of, which says, joy does not simply happen to us. 
we have to choose joy and keep choosing it every day. It's a choice based on the knowledge that we belong to God and have found in God our refuge and our safety and that nothing, not even death, can take God away from us. Joy is the experience of knowing that you are unconditionally loved and that nothing can take that love away. So based on the conversation we've already shared... (laughs) I'm not having it anyway. I'm not having it at all. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I really like that, that last bit. Um, it, was, it says something about the joy of knowing that we're unconditionally loved. Yeah, yeah and that nothing can take that away. And that's true, yeah, and that's really joyful. Um, and and that's uh, that's really helpful. And there is that is a source of joy for many people. And, and that can be a source of joy when it's really, really difficult. But sometimes... It, it, sometimes it's hard to see that, even though it's true. And I, I'm not disputing the fact that it's true because I believe it to be true for, for me and for everybody else. But trying to see that sometimes is difficult. And and saying, well, you just have to choose to see it. Well, maybe you can see it, but then the joy that comes along, as alongside of that is is harder than it's the ones removed from that. So I, I, don't, I, I disagree with Henry and I don't know what anybody else thinks. Come at me. I, I'm on the par with you, I think. Um, I think you choose to accept Jesus and in doing so you receive joy but I think like we've said before that we're quite often critical and just saying oh we'll just choose joy then just be happy why can't you just be happy if you've got joy and it's it's not as simple as that there's a lot more there's a lot more at play um, so I think to say it it's kind of a choice that we make but that doesn't mean that it's going to play out as us being happy and not anxious and not sad sometimes. And I think that's an expectation that sometimes put on us. If we think about the other ones, thinking about hope as well, and how actually, do you know what, as Christians, we're up, well, I'm not always hopeful. And so actually it's, a, it, it's I guess it's similar, isn't it, in terms of that having joy and having hope, and yes, we we like to say that we have it, but do you know what? Every moment of every day, we are not full of hope and not full of joy. Yeah, and we've we've kind of had all of this conversation in a way from the assumption that joy is a, just a, is a feeling that we we feel joy, and like you you mentioned there with, with hope, I wonder whether well we can't say that Christians are expected to be happy all the time or feel joyful all the time and have that physical feeling of joy all the time because there are highs and there are lows and that's just life we don't feel great all the time and there there are some really difficult things to come with i guess what we can say that having you know having christ in your life and um being filled with the, with the holy spirit it gives you that hope and i guess joy in some senses is that it's the bottom line rather than the top it's that in the hardest times, we know there is a hope in something better because of faith in in Jesus, and that and that 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 shifts the bottom maybe more than the top of experience. Or, um, oh, I don't know if I agree with that even. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Talking yourself out of it. That's it. I'm talking, and then my brain's going, "Oh, are you sure? Are you sure?" But yeah, I I think back back to the my first point about making joy just a feeling. Is it more that we have we have hope, and that is just a state of 
if we believe in Jesus, then there is a hope that there is something better coming, that there is the kingdom of God is on its way and that God will deliver on his promises. And then, therefore, joy is the experience of acknowledging that hope. And that that is that link there. And even when life is really difficult, when we are unhappy, when we face really difficult things, there is that hope and therefore that we have we can have joy yeah i think i think i've I'm following you ed i think and but i'd add into that and chuck another one into the mix that that, that peace forms a part of that as well which i think we're going to talk about in the next episode yeah. so i think you've from your branches if you look at it like um uh, one of those diagrams that i can't remember the name of if you've got love and then stemming out from that you've got hope peace and joy Mm. all on the same level those three t- seem to be intrinsically linked but stemming out from the fact that we are loved beyond uh our understanding really i th- i think I've, is that what you're trying to say <laughs> i think so <laughs> so um so paul in the bible says may the god of hope fill you with joy and peace Nailed it. Yeah. I think you said it better than me. Yeah, yeah he, he he's got the yeah he's got the skill in writing that we do not have in talking. <laughs> it's interesting because coming back to the Christmas story, the nativity story. Hang on, it says the angel said, "Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people." So the story of Christmas, in theory, in theory, no, it's true. Um, is there to give all people great joy that is what it's about yeah so then if that's the, if, if joy is that that's a gift isn't it in terms of that is it a choice make to receive that gift i don't know yeah that's that's exactly it. like the, the wondrous gift is given isn't it and that gift is jesus ego joy love peace hope all those things so yeah i think yeah I've, i think i'm on board so I've, i think we can definitively say it, gift unless sophie disagrees <laughs> Well, I'm I'm, pro- I'm trying to process all this in my head, and I just keep saying, "Well, the 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 gifts of the Holy Spirit are the fruit of the Spirit," and I'm sure I don't know whether this is something we've touched on already. Whether there's something to do with the gram- grammatical stuff in this, and it's lo- either like a stray comma somewhere, which makes it the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Please correct me if I'm completely wrong on that. But if that's if the fruit of the Spirit is love, and all of those things are an outpouring of that love then of course it's a gift of course it's something that we receive but yet as we've said it's not something that you therefore need to uh that's always realized in its fullest way and you know i can speak from experience that patience is not always realized in its fullest way in my life every day but yet i am given the gift of patience by the holy spirit to to use at my discretion so to speak yeah I wonder whether it would be too much of a stretch to compare it to, uh, as a Christian, I I have a belief that I am loved, and yet there are times when I don't, I feel unloved. That doesn't st- change the nature of of reality that I do, but that I am loved, but the feeling of it is fleeting, and actually that is my my experience of truth is fleeting. That doesn't necessarily change the truth in itself. And I don't know whether you could apply that sort of thinking to joy as well. I can't quite make that jump in my head on how that would would look or what that would be like. But yeah, I think you. I, th- 
I think so. I think the the joy that comes from knowing Jesus is is always there, but seeing it at different times in your life or in different emotions or states is is difficult. I guess yeah, there, there is a constant there that it's it's there if you if you can find yourself to open the box. It's just sometimes mm-hmm. that can be very difficult or almost impossible. I think. And in the complexities and the way that we're speaking about this is is still quite a dualistic way of thinking. Yeah. So we're talking about this as something that Christians are experiencing and through the Holy Spirit, we experience love and all the fruits of the Spirit that I won't name again. But are we therefore saying that if if joy is an outpouring of the knowledge and the, the gift of being loved so fully by God, is that only realized if we accept Christ and therefore are we excluding a whole bunch of people from experiencing joy, which I, I can't get on board with that. I don't think so. I think that, that I think connecting with us, like we, we, as humans, we have, we have a soul, don't we? we? Whether you're Christian or not, whether you believe or not, it's still there. Um, and the fact that, that you're loved, like Ed said, whether you loved whether you like it or not that's just a, that's just a fact um so i think those people can still those those people people who don't <laughs> believe well people who don't believe um or maybe haven't uh, or have a different way of accessing god if you want to put it a, again a different way um can still access that that joy just because just because they don't see it the same way as us doesn't mean it's not still true it's still mm. it's still there for them for, for me yeah I, I i definitely can't comprehend a world where christians are the only people who can be joyful because that's yeah it's not my experience no no <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe that won't make the edit we'll see um I think it's probably best if we move on to our final question for the episode, as much as I'm loving this this conversation. Um, so, And that goes over to Sophie. Yeah, so um, following on from uh, the type of question that Claire asked in a previous episode, I decided to look back at the Christmas carols that we sing. Um, and most likely we sing the carol uh, Joy to the World, probably most years. Um, but I was really struck by the line, um, fields and floods, rocks, hills and plains, repeat the sounding joy um what on earth does that mean great question because the name in joy to the world implies the sending of joy to the world and the gift of joy to the world um perhaps through the, the, that reconciliation of, of christ coming down to to reconcile the humans back to god but then if if these seemingly non-conscious inanimate things such as fields and floods and rocks can repeat the sounding joy what is sounding joy interesting because that question um, made me think of another song which is based on a verse from isaiah 55 which says you will go out in joy and be led forth in peace the mountains and the hills will burst into song before you and all the field will clap their hands so we've got Trees clapping their hands. We've got hills bursting with song, and we've got fields and floods, rocks, hills, and plains repeating the sounding joy. I've also got another one because I went to Psalm ninety-eight, which is "Let the rivers <laughs> clap their hands and the mountains sing together for joy." <laughs> yes, it's just fascinating, and and in, in, and in struggling with some of this, and in, in trying to think of a appropriate question for this episode, um, 
I ended up re-listening to another podcast actually um, from Nomad. Um, they did an interview with a, a guy called Noel Mools on something called Christian animism. And animism or animists, uh, people that would recognize that the world is full of persons, but, uh, but only some of whom are human. And I'm not quite sure where I am with the whole animism thing, but it you have these uh, string of ideas. So uh, pantheism being the belief that everything is God and God is everything. And then you have panentheism, which is a, a step away from that, which is God is in everything and everything is in God. I think I've got those right around. Yep. Ed, you might have to clip and move them if not. Um, but then you have animism and that kind of goes one step further to um, give everything a personhood and to connect everything within relationship and that everything is then connected to each other. So as humans, we are connected to uh, the fields, to the rocks, to um, the hills and the plains. And I don't really know what that means, but then it, in listening back to some of that, it um, Noel talks about a passage in Job, I think it's uh, Job 5 verse 23, um, and it talks about the, that you will have a covenant with the stones of the wilderness and the wild animals will be in shalom with you. And I'm not really sure what all this means, but there's just, there's just so much of scripture that points to um, all these kind of inanimate things, but sounding joy and giving praise to God, what what does it what does joy look like if the fields and the hills and the plains can repeat and lift that sounding joy to god i think i i'm looking at it slightly differently um just whilst i've whilst i've been thinking about it and, and f- for me that repetition comes from so so if you go back to to genesis like you you repeatedly get god made this and saw that it was good um and that, that was kind of repeats and repeats. So so for me, God's taking enjoyment or pleasure, certainly, in his creation there. And I think we, as humans, somewhere on some level, inherently enjoy creation, um, whether that's beautiful scenery, whether that's, uh, yeah, looking at rivers or mountains or, you know, wherever you, you find that, or animals. So what that's saying to me is repeating sound enjoying is, is us seeing that, and 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 enjoying it that that's how i look at it i think that's slightly different to well i guess yeah it's totally different because that's that's about me and not the object whereas i think what you were saying sophie was about the object and not me um so i guess that's probably the other side of the coin there if they are repeating the sounding joy are, are we hearing a joy by witnessing that or is are they exuding something and lifting praise to God? I don't know. It's just a line that I've never really, well, I never really thought about it before. For me, I think I'm probably somewhere in between what you spoke about at the start and what Nick said there, that it's just about our experience of it. Because we spoke in the incarnation episode about, uh, about a little bit about panentheism and this concept of Christ consciousness and this idea that, Christ is present throughout all of creation and always has been and always will be and that there are the fingerprints of God across all of creation and everywhere and for me that line kind of jumps out and and says that the the very rocks and hills and all of nature proclaims that God 
is, is king and God is creator and God is all powerful and um, and that just by its very being it proclaims those things yeah. and when we talk about joy as being a truth as being something that is just part of the of the nature of things now um, because of what of who God is and what God has done actually that proclamation is coming through all of nature we can see that just by nature's very existence it proclaims that there is joy that there is hope um, because of who God is because we see those fingerprints strewn across all of all of creation and I think that's probably where I would go with that one whether you want to drop that in whichever category we d we discussed I'm not sure but um, that's probably where I would feel comfortable yeah so I've, I did a little bit of sort of reading of what some other people thought about it because it is a really weird um, verse and uh, the, the the sentence that I'm going to read kind of echoes I think what Ed's saying um, the focus here is on creation um, fields, floods, rocks, hills and plains bursting out everywhere to echo the joy that we feel so we're employing our tongues but the glee is coming from the creation that surrounds us um, and I think that's where I fit into that I would say on a similar vein to Ed that um, we are we're feeling, you know, the joy and we're expressing the joy. But I think when you look around at creation and that everything that God has put, put around us, um, that you can see the joy of the Lord as well. I'm done with that. Agreed. Done. So therefore, joy is something that we're experiencing as humans as a consequence of the, the beauty or grandeur or outpourings of, of God's work on earth. But it would also be true without us to experience it. It's almost like that. Um, if a tree falls in the forest, does it make a noise? If there's no one there to interpret that as noise, for me, or that that's an interesting one because it is just vibration. At what point does it become noise? Is it only when it goes through an eardrum and is interpreted as information in that way? But I don't know. Um, but for me, I, I guess back to that point that joy, all of these things that we talk about are a truth are a state of being because of who God is and because God, God's fingerprints and God's per, the personhood of God and, and Christ is present everywhere is that omnipresent uh, state. And therefore there is joy. What, re, whether we experience it, whether we get that tangible feeling of it or not, it is true. And I guess going back to Paul's question there, can we be unhappy and can we be joyful if it's truth and we're feeling a certain way yeah we can maybe when maybe the word joyful there is is tricky because we're not joyful at that moment but that doesn't mean that joy isn't present um and therefore i think there's a difference between the feeling and the reality at times but the reality is there i don't, I don't know if that makes any sense yeah, so. I think that does make sense so we can we can have we can have joy at any time but we could also be unhappy on top of that and see the unhappiness because joy is all around us a lot of the time, mostly all the time. Is that what we're saying? Joy is in the air everywhere <laughs> can... you look around. I feel it in my fingers. I feel it. No, that's different. No, no. Um... <laughs> Interesting, because you know that Nehemiah verse, which says, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And I'd always thought about it as, so the Lord's joy in us is our strength. But actually, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So is it? The Lord being joyful, that is our strength. But then that just makes me think, what is joy? <laughs> what, what is joy in itself that is so, 
but if we're talking about truth and the the knowledge of all this then what is it about joy that is distinguishable from that of the truth of love and peace and hope and all these other things that are really meaty topics that we're talking on what is it about joy that is distinguishably joy if we're not feeling it or experiencing it but yet it's still there as a truth to be beholden I also don't know if beholden's a word, but you can have it yeah. now. It is now. It's worth my pay grade. It's a really good point. I think maybe, are we confusing joy, peace, hope, love, etc., with all being the same thing, but then there's different outpourings of those. And we see those in being joyful and being hopeful and being loving and being hopeful. Have I said hopeful? I don't know. Peaceful. That was the one I missed. Oh, I don't know. Um, Ed Bender, this one, isn't it? So that that sort of brings us back to the first question we asked in this podcast, and in a in a sort of sort of scary way, that it might be a good place for us to end with um, us not really knowing the answer, which happens more and more often these days. Um, so we would really love to hear your feedback on that. Um, how would you define joy? Um, how would you answer those questions that we discussed? And do you think we've just been completely off the mark, or do you think you know we're maybe we're onto something with the with the golden snitch analogy? Um, who knows? But uh, yeah, please do let us know your thoughts and uh, opinions in the listener group. If you want to find the listener group, go on to Facebook and just type in S S O M Listener Group, and you should find it there. Um, we'll be posting in there as well so yeah thank you so much for listening and we shall see you next week bye bye bye